You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms Hello, and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas, and today we've got a pageant sister in the house, honey. She is a former Miss DC America. She's a speaker, an author, an advocate, a model, a vocalist, a Spellman grad, and an yes. ambassador for She Should Run, and the reigning Miss District of Columbia, USA. Please help me welcome Sierra Jackson. Hi, how are you all? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So excited to be on the podcast today. Um, and also super excited to be safe and indoors. It's been snowing for like three or four days straight in DC. So okay. I'm happy to be <laughs> So you're in DC right now. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm in New York right yes. now and it's been snowing here like crazy too. I'm so I saw ha- the sh- I saw people like shoveling their cars. Yeah. Is it's been like crazy. I've not been able to take my two hour walks because the snow is insane. Wait, Sierra, have you always lived in DC? No, I actually moved to DC about five years ago to pursue a career in politics, but I'm originally from Georgia, even though I'm a military kid and I was born in Kentucky. Okay. That's amazing. I saw on your, on your website, first of all, your website's amazing and you've done so many things. You you worked with Thank or you. under um, Stacey Abrams, like come through, like, <laughs> can you tell me about She Should Run? Yes. So She Should Run is an incredible organization that encourages women to run for political office. And they have a huge goal of getting 250 thousand women trained to run for office by 2050. So that's a huge goal, but I'm happy to be a part of that and to encourage so many young women and girls to be a part of politics, to be a leader, to not be afraid to be a leader. And I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see all that they're doing next. How did you get involved in politics and in that? Like that Yeah, I mean honestly it really started with a, a professor I had who asked us to create kind of like a vision board, kind of like the one you all may see up on the um, left in my room. I'm in my room, y'all. So, you know, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so my professor asked us to do like a vision board, but kind of like a vision magazine. And in that I saw myself running for office. So that's kind of like how it started. So it really was just me. And then I decided, okay, well, let me start taking government classes. Let me major in political science. Let me really just try and find ways to 
you know, um, figure all of this out and be in politics. So, I mean, it wasn't um, smooth sailing after I graduated from college because you really kind of have to get your foot in the door in terms of politics. But, you know, I made my way, I stayed persistent. And then um, I had this really cool organization called Running Start, which also is a nonprofit. And they um, encourage young women and girls to run for political office. They have this cool fellowship. I applied for it. Um, I was one of seven women selected and they literally gave me a running start in the politics. They paid for my housing. They gave me a job. Um, I was um, a job with a female member of Congress. I was mentored by that oh, Congresswoman. My gosh. I had a stipend as well. Yes. And they gave me Fridays off to do leadership development. So literally a running starting the politics that's amazing and when you said they gave you fridays off i thought you were about to say and they gave me fried eggs on the weekend <laughs> no like, um yes they cooked me breakfast honey no, <laughs> <laughs> uh did i also see that you worked in the white house during the obama i did that happened right after and it was so funny because um i had <laughs> I'd applied a couple of times before and had been denied, you know, and I always tell people to be persistent with your goals because I'd started applying maybe my freshman or sophomore year at Spelman. I just kept applying, kept applying. And, um, you know, ultimately, like things changed. Um, my fate changed. I moved to D.C. I was persistent. I applied again in my last term of eligibility and um, was selected as a White House intern. And it's so funny. And I always tell people never say never because right before that internship, I was like, okay, I'm done with internships. I'm not doing another internship. I have interned myself out. And then then the White House is like, hey, do you want to work for us? Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, that is I know that you know this, but I just have to say it. You know, that is spectacular. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It is. I mean, it, it's a dream come true. I was selected as the only intern in my class to serve the chief of staff's office as their communications intern. So it was just, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. You know, I if I had given up two or three times earlier, I would have never had that experience. But all of the experiences and other internships that I did prior to that one actually prepared me for for this great, you know, almost holy grail of an internship. <laughs> um, Holy grail. Absolutely. I'm just like, that does not happen for everybody. Not everybody gets to just work in the White House. That is really yes. amazing. And it is a testament to your like you per persevering and like you mm -hmm. said, like never giving up, but also mm -hmm. probably on the back end of it, doing a lot of hard work that people may or may not have seen as well. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, yes, for sure. I am just like, did you know anybody on the inside? <laughs> no, not until I actually got there. And I was like, oh, you're here. And I had That's no amazing. idea. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yes, but it was that a lot can, of different. Sorry. Well, I mean, so that you can do something without even having that initial connection beforehand, because that is like that is a way to absolutely get in a door. If you just know somebody who knows somebody and for you to not yeah. know anybody. I'm sorry for cutting yeah, you off. Go on. I didn't know anybody at all. So um, and maybe that's why it took me way longer to get in. <laughs> but um <laughs> You know, I think it worked out, you know, and um, I had worked, I mean, I, I had worked under some people in like the state of Georgia, but I didn't know anyone who was literally working in the White House at that time. So um, I really just, you know, went all out and did everything I could. And every time I applied, I tried to get even better recommendations, even better, you know, articles, just, I mean, 
different paragraphs and essays that we had to write. I, you know, made sure I did the best that I could do in those. And it was great. And after I got there, I mean, like I always say, it was some of my funnest days, but it was some of my hardest working days wow. um, ever. <laughs> um, and it's, it's so real because, you know, they say like interns have to have um, certain hours that are you know, like a nine to five, if you will, you can't work anywhere, interns too hard, right? Well, there's a little asterisk in that law right under um, that says, except in the White House. So we literally like worked so long. <laughs> except in the White House. <laughs> you know, like you're gonna work long hours. I feel like that's just kind of like how that had to be um, in this, you know, um, position so I remember working maybe from like seven or eight until like um 7 30 p.m so 12 hour days wow um, and it, it is a lot you know and I mean just for full transparency the White House internship is an unpaid internship so it oh. really yes you're working all those hours um unpaid as an intern and I think wow. it's something that we um there is actually um a initiative right now that's happening that's encouraging um the white house to start paying their interns so right. um it's really really cool i'm really excited about it i understand you know the background behind it because it is um a luxury everyone isn't able to pick up their stuff and move across country and live in um the white house luckily for me i had that program with running start and i could save my money from that fellowship right and use it to kind of help you know, that situation of knowing that I wouldn't be paid for, you know, five, six months. Um, right. But, you know, it worked out. So, I, and of course, not having to pay for rent in Washington, D.C. for those first six months of, you know, that fellowship helped as well in saving. So, you know, all those savings from those from that particular program really helped me have the opportunity to you know, do the White House because I don't know if I would have been able to do it had I not had those experiences. You know what? This is not like a money podcast or anything even <laughs> near that. But I think what you just said is so important that like when you're able to save, it really it like sucks in the moment when you have to be like, okay, I'm only going to get one dress instead of three or only like the two piece <laughs> chicken nugget instead of the seven or like whatever. Like, <laughs> But like, further down the line not the two piece <laughs> I love it but like honestly though further down the line if whatever you are doing to save your money in the moment it, down the line it, it will pay off like I'm just we're in the middle of a pandemic right now and I don't know what the future looks like but I know that leading up to before now if I hadn't saved my money it would be a very I don't know if I'll be sitting right here <laughs> with this nice microphone Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> when you were it's real, you have to prepare yourself for that. You have to plan for certain things. But, you know, I also will say, like, I believe that, um, you know, where you're supposed to go based on where there is provision. Um, I always say God blesses what you prepare for. And also God blesses where you're supposed to be. So if you're supposed to be somewhere there will be resources for you to sustain yourself, but you have to be open to looking for those resources. So, I mean, my, my quote, quote, quote that. year in DC, <laughs> you love that? Yeah, I'm like, quote to my interns, quote that. I'm like, when they listen back. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, so, so seriously, 
My first year in DC was what I call my God year. There's literally a highlight on my Instagram, which is like my God year from the day that I moved to DC on September 15th, 2015 to September 15th, 2016, everything had like just catapulted and just gone, God like catapulted me in that time. And it just was so perfectly done. I couldn't have done it myself. Like I got the Running Start Fellowship in my last year of eligibility. I got um, as well the White House internship in my last term of eligibility, um, Miss uh, District of Columbia America in my last year of eligibility and competed for Miss America in my last term of eligibility. So all of those things happened in that one year. By the time I had lived in DC for a year, I had worked on Capitol Hill, worked in the White House, you know, competed for Miss DC and won and competed for Miss America. So that's was really cool. So <laughs> incredible. Before I move on, did you ever get to see or meet or talk to Barack? Yes, 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 yes. I have a picture of me and him on Instagram and um oh as well gosh. as from my class. <laughs> Are you besties well with Michelle? Michelle Obama. <laughs> Not but... besties, but I've met her too. <laughs> She's is... really cool. She's like out of everyone who works in the White House, she should be like the resident like comedian because she's so funny, but no one really, I feel like we don't know that as Americans, like we kind of just feel like she's the first lady right. and she's so graceful and elegant, but she's actually hilarious, like knee slapping hilarious, like that funny, but nobody really kind of knows that. And I just find like, I wish people knew that more. <laughs> Wow, Sierra, you have been in some big rooms and you just seem like so like, of course, of course, of course. Um, and I want to ask you about your confidence, but I do want to ask you about like being in Miss Miss DC, you're Miss DC in, a, in the Miss America system and Miss DC in um, USA that's currently. And I mm -hmm. think I met you, do not quote me on this, <laughs> but I think you and I met, did you do Miss World in 2016? Miss World America? I have not, I have not done Miss World, but I love the system and I saw you compete in Miss World. Oh, did I meet you? Like, did you, mm -hmm. that's where I, did I meet you? We just didn't compete against each other, but did I meet you there? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I have to, this was in 2016, right? What, yeah. what, um, I'm trying to think if I had gone there or when, what month was it in? Uh, June or July? Mm, 2016. You know, I really, I'm not sure, but I remember that it was there at like MGM Grand, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. And I remember like hearing about it and I know some of my trainers went and I think I might, I could have been there for a different event or something of that nature, right. but I do remember it being there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I know I've met you before. I just, and when I was, I didn't even realize we were Facebook friends until. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? When did we, I couldn't even remember. Yes, so. we became Facebook friends when you were in um, the Carol King musical. So I remember that's, I feel like that's when I had um, connected with you first. I don't remember the Miss World one as much, but I do remember you performing at the Kennedy Center and I was trying to find a way to come out. I don't know if I was able to, but that's uh, like, I was, cause I'm a singer. So the musical part was really big uh, for me. <laughs> It, that has got to have been what it was. Wow. That is so awesome. That's so awesome. Okay. So here's my next question for you. Mm -hmm. When you show up places, you stand out 
especially when you are on, you're welcome, especially when you are on a pageant (laughs) stage or even the political arena, like you don't look like everybody else that like you see on TV in the, I just feel like there's a look on TV that I'm, I wish we could all just crash it. And you're already doing that. Just showing up as you are being freaking gorgeous with your natural hair. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like where did that confidence come from? Have you always worn, been comfortable wearing your natural hair out in these sometimes predominantly white spaces is really what I'm getting at. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, my confidence came from a cool place um, in Atlanta, Georgia called Spelman College. Um, I had a little bit more confidence in general, but as it pertains to my natural hair, that came from Spelman um, because I was so nervous to do it. I didn't have a lot of people in my community growing up um, in Columbus, Georgia, where I, you know, did elementary through high school, there wasn't that many people who are really with the whole natural hair thing. So, you know, if I had not had Spellman, it really would have been hard for me to make that transition. Um, and I always tell anyone who's doing like having these, you know, dreams of rocking their hair natural, find your tribe because it can be so hard to kind of be in a space, any space, corporate America, politics, Congress, you know, whatever the case may be, if you don't have someone who's going to, you know, kind of be there for you when sometimes you have a bad hair day or sometimes, you know, you have a great hair day, but you have a bad day because someone said something unkind to you, you know, so, you know, you have to kind of have that tribe to help support you in some way or another. Wow. I think that was really beautifully said. Um, Hold on. Give me one second. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh, no, you're fine. You're totally fine. So in every, every time that you've gotten to compete in a pageant have you always worn your hair natural did you ever have any straight hair moments yes I have I haven't always worn my hair natural um but I will say uh I had to go through a transition and really that happened so I started in um Georgia America and I started my transition um maybe my junior year so you know, after graduating from high school, I was natural, but I was always pressing my hair in competition. So I didn't have a perm, but I had already gone through the transition of, you know, stop, stopping, you know, perming my hair. Um, I did like the little flat twist in the front and then straight in the back. So I wouldn't have to cut it all off and do the big chop. And then by the time I got to my freshman year, I was completely natural, but I was still pressing it. Um, somewhere along the way, my junior year was really tough for me because at that point I started wearing my hair natural. I had this, um, a woman that I love so much, Sister Melka Kaumba. She was the African dance teacher at Spelman. And, um, I remember I was so nervous to wear my hair naturally curly. I had this huge fro, um, I had like blown it all out and I had gone to African dance class and she was the first person to tell me like, oh, wow, your hair looks beautiful. Now, mind you, I like this was early on. So I, I think she was just being super kind and supportive and loving to me. And I think my hair was beautiful, but it was just that I had not really learned all of like the tools that you needed to have like perfect natural hair on stage, all those different things. Like that was a part of the journey. Um, but she still encouraged me in that time where I wasn't really encouraged fully and didn't have that feeling within myself to really just own it. Now, mind you, I was at a black school with black women 
black teachers, black, um, you know, class classmates, everybody was black and understood natural hair. But even in that space, I was nervous about wearing my natural hair, you know? So and I I tell that story to say, like, you know, I didn't come out just owning it, you know, and even if I'm in that space too, somebody else probably is having an even tougher time, you know? Right. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, Go on. No, no, you go on. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, I just tell people that because it shows how much as black women sometimes and women of color, we can have such a hard time owning and embracing who we are. And sometimes that can just be so, you know, so difficult, but it really speaks to the socialization of, of us as, as a culture, you know, we've been socialized to believe that European standards of beauty are what we should all, you know, exhibit. But in reality, African women or women who are African uh, Africans are come are descend from Africa. You know, we should be able to promote African standards of beauty, and Hispanic women should promote Hispanic yes. standards of beauty, and Asian women should um, support and promote Asian standards of beauty, and you know, on down the line. Um, and I feel like that is really what changed it for me because Spellman taught me that part that I couldn't get necessarily from a natural hair blogger per se, or, you know, from a cool Instagram page that I followed or whatever the case may be. Spellman really broke it down to me and under, helped me understand that we are socialized to believe that, you know, and we have to re-socialize ourselves to believe that who we are is already beautiful and how we are naturally is already beautiful. So once I got that lesson, the rest of it was just like, okay, now we just have to get, you know, the mechanics of this, but we have the base and the foundation of how I'm going to move forward and do all these other great things, but with natural hair. (laughs) Wow. Sarah, what makes you feel seen? Um, I would have to say, I think I would probably be like my family. I love them. Um, I feel like they, just being around people who I know um, have been there with me through the thick and the thin of it, um, who have supported me and, you know, still encouraged me to achieve everything that I wanted to achieve. Um, Sometimes when other people did not, you know, see that for me. And I, right. I also sometimes when I don't always see it for myself, wow. um, they kind of know, um, sometimes they kind of know like, oh, Sierra, you can do this. Or, you know, and sometimes some of my friends are that way too, not just my family as well, but just people who know me, that helps me see uh, be seen because they've seen me go through different seasons of my life. What if you walk into, if you were to walk into a room, whether it's for politics or pageants, and there are mostly not black people in the room, what what would make you feel seen in that space? Like if they were trying to make it more inclusive for people of color, what is something that would make you feel seen in that space when you don't know anybody? Or if you do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really about them um, really making space for people who are diverse. So what would make me feel seen is if there was a platform for me to be able to speak my truth. Um, and I think that that's what we kind of see has been lacking because a lot of these, um, you know, companies that are not based, um, in providing diversity to different groups of people, 
they don't always recognize that a platform is not there for us. Right. Um, and that is the issue um, that we all run into. And sometimes people believe that diversity means that there is inclusion. And that's not true either. You know, um, it's like, I forgot who said the quote, but it's like diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is someone asking you to dance. Um, and Ooh. I think... <laughs> You haven't heard that one? No, I haven't. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> but it's true, you know, like, and I think about that in terms of politics, sometimes in, in form of some spaces of pa um, pageantry as well. Like, you know, if you are being crowned, but you are not um, being able to influence any of kind of what's been going on or what's happening, then um, you're not really included. If you are being elected into a, a position as a politician, but you're not really being um, asked to be on any committees that make a difference to your community, then are you being included? You know, my favorite politician, um, Shirley Chisholm from New Come York. Come on. Um, yes. She, I remember she was in a space where she was representing diversity in Congress, but she wasn't being included because they put her on the agricultural committee her first you know, year being in Congress. And she was like, New York does not have <laughs> right. farms. Right. We don't have cows, livestock. We don't have any of that. We don't have, farm. We don't have any wow. of it. Why would you put me in this space? And it wow. showed that they were really just kind of focusing on diversity, but they weren't including her in the conversations that made a difference in her, you know, um, her area, which was New York, the, rep the place that she represented. So it really kind of speaks about having, knowing that one does not exist without the other. And if we don't start um, thinking about, you know, politicians who are also being elected, but being on particular committees, pageant queens who are not just being crowned, but also making sure that they have directors that are diverse as well and sponsors that are diverse as well to be able to help them in the process of that. Yeah. Then we're not really doing anything and in any other field too. We're not really doing anything that helps truly with diversity or inclusion. Um, so do you know Sabrina Victor? Yes, I know Sabrina. Miss Massachusetts, USA. You know what's so funny? Like run the clock all the way back. Sabrina and I, we were actually... Um, I want to say I met Sabrina because I was her judge once at Miss Black and Gold um, for the national competition and she won. And then after that, I connected with her, but I did not know her prior to that. And now we're Miss USA sisters. That is so awesome. You know, I interviewed her uh, last week, I think about last week, and she brought you up and she um, mentioned that you were an inspiration for her. Aww. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't? No, I mean, I love Sabrina, like, but I didn't know that. I appreciate it so much, but I did not realize that and I, I'm so inspired to, to hear her say that. Yeah, no, it was a really beautiful thing. And I have to go back and like listen to the tape myself, but I believe she was talking about how she saw you wear your natural hair before. And she, mm -hmm. it gives, a, it really does give confidence to people when they can, when we can see other people living their truth. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, wait. That hasn't been done before in this space. Uh, maybe I can do that too. And that. Yes, it's major. It's so major. I mean, honestly, that was one of the reasons why, because 
you know, so many people will say, oh, you can be successful if you just straighten your hair, you know? And that was something that I heard often, like, and people would tell me like, you know, and it was hard as well because I had wow. like, um, my grandmother had told, one of my grandmothers had told me that. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. One of my grandmothers um, had actually told me that. And I, I didn't blame her for it. I understood that in the world that she grew up in and in the society that she grew up in, if you embraced your authenticity of being black, you know, people didn't necessarily give you the opportunity. So I can understand why that was true to her and her era. And I knew that it could be true to me and my era, but I also recognized that I did not sign up at that time to be a straight haired Miss America. I wanted to be a naturally curly haired Miss America. And that was the journey that I was on because that was true to who I was. Um, And it's so funny because people are like, is that your platform? I'm like, no, that's just who I am. (laughs) Like, you know, Um, and I said, yeah, it was really, it was really serious because um, for me, because I never let anyone see me or I never straighten my hair. Cause sometimes people would say like, Oh, you know, well, you can do versatility. You can have natural hair and straight hair. You can switch it up. And I was just like, yeah, there, there's no switching it up for me over here because I wanted to be, I wanted to make sure that if anyone was going to be inspired by me, that they would be inspired by me with my naturally curly hair, because that's what I wanted to inspire. That was my target audience. That's the person that I wanted to impact because I knew that that was the journey that was difficult for me. I dealt with a lot. So I never straightened my hair the entirety of my reign or anywhere even in between. Um, One, because Spellman taught me differently. Right. And two, because I knew that if someone didn't see the vision the way I did and they were just like well I like her hair straight more than I like it curly they could put that image out of me and not the image that I wanted out and then those opportunities where people like Sabrina and others would have had the chance to see me and be inspired right might not have existed because that picture wouldn't have not even been there it would have been a whole different picture of me so I had to be super intentional about making sure that people saw me in that way <sighs> I am so inspired by you right now, Sierra. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad that I've, I'm getting to talk to you. I've got a couple more questions before my laptop dies. Um, <laughs> when fine. you show up, it seems like every time I've seen you on social media, even here now, um, doing events, when I watched you at Miss USA, you were beautiful, by the way. And one of our favorites, I did a little um, uh, watch party with my friends. We <laughs> loved you. Sierra. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. So it's really cool to get to talk to you right now. When you're doing competition or when you're doing your political events, showing up at the White House, how do you do your curls every day or however long you do it, whenever you do it, so that every day your curls look like popping? Or do they look popping every day? Do you throw it in a bun sometimes? Do you have a head wrap? Or do you like what do you do like specifically for competition when you're, you know, <laughs> your hair is going to be out? Yes. So for competition, you know, it's planned, prepared. I wash it like this is not like as my hair right now, it's not like super shrinkage, you know, shrinkage can definitely go there. But when I blow it all out, it's probably maybe like right here. And mm-hmm. then um, I will wand it, you know, with the curling one, because I knew in the process of, you know, doing all these pageants. I had to figure out how to make sure my hair was um, predictable, right? And Uh, I know that that sounds 
interesting, you might be like, okay, what does that mean? That means when I wake up in the morning, I have to be able to predict that I will have a good hair day every day. You know what I mean? So um, I, you know, knew how to wand it and things of that nature. But I also knew that, you know, you can kind of balance it. So in politics, you don't have to have quote unquote big, like a big fro that's super glamorous or whatnot. You can do, you know, two strand twist and you can kind of like do like a pinup style or whatever the case may be. So your hair doesn't have to be out in a big fro all the time. You can do a bun, you can do a, a Afro puff, you can do kind of whatever you want to do. Um, but for me, wanding my hair was the best way to have a predictable style. And then um, in terms of politics, girl, I was working so hard sometimes, like from the campaigns to the internships. Um, you know, you had you can always like be able to do like this whole, you know, yeah, like glamorous hairstyle. So I remember when I met Obama, I was like, oh my gosh, I have all these plans to do like this big hairstyle, blah blah blah, you know, all that, all that jazz. Girl, I was by the time the week came, I was so tired. I had worked all day, you know, and the day before and the day before that. And I knew I had to get up early that day that I was going to meet him. And I was still trying to make sure I had something cute on. So I had a cute outfit and everything, but I just pulled my hair back and I was like, this is what we're going to get today because it has been such a crazy day. And mind you, I like, I always feel like that time of my life was the, one of the craziest times because I was working in the White House and competing to beat Miss DC at the same time. Wow. I, I think I was going to lose my mind. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so much. Like, you know, I love that. That's amazing. Yes, I was work. I was working like all day. And then I would take the last like 730 to 10 PM and train for the pageant every day. And then maybe have a weekend a little bit, you know, it was just so crazy. Wow. <laughs> so wait, because your hair looks to me, it looks very healthy and it does not look heat damaged at all. And Thank that you. is not what I would expect if you, if I thought that like, if, if you're taking a wand to it, how mm -hmm. do, you, do you do that often? How do you balance that to make it still healthy? What, what is that? Yeah, I don't do it often. I do it for competition. So, you know, a lot of times people feel like you have to wear your hair the same way um, as your headshot. And that to some extent can be true, but you kind of really just want to have consistency and directors will tell you that because they want you to make sure that you're looking your best, you know, when you're, um, when you're, you know, on, I guess, um, stage or whenever someone takes a picture of you. So I only do that maybe like four or five times a year if I can for, you know, the big moments, which is your headshots, your, um, well, I probably do a little bit more than four or five times. I guess the COVID pandemic kind of switched that up a little bit, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just try not to do it more than once or twice, um, at least, um, a month because it can get to yeah. be like a lot. And I know, um, if I'm going to be doing that a lot, like let's say uh, Miss America was like two weeks long, then I, for the month prior or the two months prior, I will not, you know, put any heat on my hair if I have the opportunity to. Um, and the same is for um, Miss USA. Like I just made sure I did not do any heat. And then I tried to like open myself up to different hairstyles so that, you know, you Got know, it. try to have some versatility. Um, so, and today it doesn't look like you used a wand, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. This is a, a two strand twist out. 
Ooh, it -hmm. looks really good. Thank you. And I guess also it's a wet two-strand twist out. So there's that. (laughs) It's not wet right now. No, no, no. It's dry now. But you, when you start out, you can either use like, um, like some product that will kind of like really soak the hair, um, or you can do it on dry hair. So I kind of like to do it um, with some product and a little bit of water just to make it um, keep, you know, keep it moisturized, keep it healthy to your to your point, but also, um, you know, something that will dry quickly because, you know, it's still cold outside. <laughs> right, right. So I, I, I don't soak it. <laughs> do you have a favorite product or a favorite leave-in conditioner? favorite there's line. so many there's so many oh my goodness I love Cantu I love curls um yeah. and I love Myel Organics um Shea Moisture they all have really great things Myel Organics has this really cool like edge control that smells delicious mm-hmm. um curls has a blueberry um curl um gel that like is perfection for natural hair um Cantu the, has the Myler how do you spell that Oh, Myel, M-I-E-L-L-E, or got it. I think it's um pink, um with like a black top and got it. Yes, um, but yeah, they're really good. Curls is really good. Um, I use their curling cream. I actually use that today. They also have a twist and lock gel that's pretty cool. Um, and then I also use uh Shea Moisture has a really good pomade as well as some really great like milk I guess like milk and honey type spritz but they have um they have lipsticks and everything they've really expanded their line so there's a lot of great stuff out there I I love it one last question (laughs) yeah and that is have you always because clearly you are have you always felt so beautiful oh thank you so much um I have always um known that I was beautiful but I didn't necessarily always feel that and I think that that's the part that we kind of have to internalize like you can know and people can tell you that you're beautiful and you can know that you know you're not unattractive but sometimes you don't feel that way you know and I think that that really kind of speaks to internally you know how you feel and um it really speaks to self-work you know you have to do the work internally to know that when you wake up in the morning you feel good about yourself you feel good about what you've done in the world you feel good about what you're wanting to do in the world like all of those different things I think um can help you build that internally so um that's what I would tell people and I think uh, everyone should always be open to defying beauty for themselves. I love that. Sierra Jackson, (laughs) thank you for joining me today. You've been so awesome. You've been awesome. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. We've talked about everything, women in politics, pageantry, you know, my website, all that jazz. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say like, yeah, definitely. Um, I would love for everyone to stay connected with me. You know, um, you can check out my website, like Shalisha said. Um, SierraJackson.com? Yes, I actually created it myself. Um, oh, snaps. Yeah. <laughs> very I good. create websites for different businesses and different people. So um, Sierra Jackson Consulting. Yes, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> 
writing that down because mine needs a refresher. Yes, I do. Websites, um, really PR is my thing. So um, outside of all of that, so PR, website design, really helping the next professional or public figure be prepared in life in whatever phase that may be, whether that's interviews, whether that's, um, you know, your brand, how you want people to perceive you, um, all those different things from pageants to politicians to business professionals. I do all of it. Oh. Thank you for saying all that. I'm like, <laughs> I will be probably hitting you up. All right, Sierra Jackson, everybody. Thank you so much, girlfriend. Thank you. And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Salisha Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you. (laughs) Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. Shout out to Colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes. And shout out to you for listening. Y'all, my heart is so big and I feel so grateful. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. See you next week.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.